Just because he graduated WVU doesn't mean he's educated. But he does know sports. It's Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. You found the Crowley Show. Well, your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. No Brian LaMartina sitting across from me for the first couple of hours for today's show. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter, at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We're doing radio up in here. Scott tweets, whether Connors is explosive as Le'Veon or not is one thing. That's a separate question from what other teams think of him. They have no info on him, so of course we'll play him differently. We'll change with additional good weeks. The the point is, Scott, it's a lot harder to defend Le'Veon Bell than it is James Conner. If you want to stop James Conner, you put an extra dude in the box. We saw late in the game, they put an extra dude in the box. James Conner's yards per carry went down Tremendously. If Le'Veon Bell has an extra dude in the box, he can still get open on pass routes. He can still make a guy miss. He runs so uniquely that it's more difficult to read the play and put a hat on a hat, on his hat, in the hole. So while you are right that they don't know what to expect from James Conner, it's also that much harder to defend L. Bell than it is James. Let's go to Devin next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? What's going on? You tell me. I don't know, man. I was thinking about something. Think? Speak? Yeah, I wanted to get your opinion about it. Yeah. Um, we switched offensive coordinators. That's not something that people are really paying attention to. I guess they think Randy Signer is going to be just like a... I can't think of his name right now. But uh, Todd Haley? Todd Haley. So, I think one of the reasons that um, this made me think of it, because Bruce Arians was in the house we, when we were playing that ground game, and Ben looked like the Ben under Bruce Arians where he was holding the ball forever, almost getting his back broke every play, trying to be Superman. And I think one of the reasons he didn't like Haley was because Haley had him down timing, making sure that he got rid of the ball. And now that he got a different offensive coordinator, he might revert back to old bad habits of holding the ball way too long. Devin, this is a good point, my friend. This is a very good point. Because, you see, Todd Haley and Randy Feetner are going to run similar offenses. Uh, They're going to try to have Ben drop back on rhythm, get the ball out quick, not get on his ass. But I wonder if Todd, being the dude he is, gets in Ben's ear and says, hey, flapjack, asshead, don't Hold the ball that long. And I wonder if Randy Feetner goes, Oh, you're fine, Ben. You'll make a play. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah. a really People good have point. I realize that it's a different offensive coordinator. So there might be some growing pains. Ben's too old for growing pains. It's not necessarily the same exact playbook. Oh. People have to realize that there might be trouble. That is such a great take, Devin. I appreciate the time. I wish I came up with that myself. I'm distracted in my personal life right now. I went to the doctor today. I don't know if it's good news or bad news. Got to get in. CT scan on Wednesday. So I haven't had as much time to formulate hot takes. That's a great one to come right out of the shoot-on with Monday, though, right? Uh, Wouldn't that have been perfect? Damn it. Tom, why didn't you give me that take? 
I don't, I don't know. I feel just as bad. I can't believe it's. I mean, it's out there, right? We need to start outsourcing to Devin. I we guess? do. I don't know. Then pay the man. Well, I mean, it's whoa, a, whoa, whoa. We need to pay me first before we pay other people. But pay him Brian's money. He's not here to defend himself. I'm fine with that. That's fine by me. The eyes have it. Devin has Brian's salary now. Bruce Arians allowed Ben to have seven-step drops, chuck the ball deep down the field. Everything was about vertical, vertical, vertical. And at some point, there's a vertical limit. Great movie. And when that time came, it was time for Todd Haley to come in. But Bruce and Ben were really good friends. Bruce and Ben had a great working relationship. Bruce and Ben liked spending time together. And Ben liked to be able to chunk the ball. He liked to be able to throw the ball down the field. This is a problem. It's what happened to Carson Palmer, why he always got so banged up with the Cardinals. He got banged up everywhere, but he got banged up out in Arizona because Bruce Arians has his quarterbacks drop back seven steps every damn time. I don't think that the offense is reverting back to that, though. I think, if anything, it's just Ben maybe having some timing issues, maybe trusting his offensive line a little too much. In all seriousness, I bet you it reverts back because, honestly, the offense ain't going to change. It hasn't changed. A lot of similar concepts. Randy Feetner's just calling the plays when he wants to call them as opposed to Todd Haley calling them when he wants to call them. A lot of similar plays, similar terminology, verbiage, all there. I think Ben will settle down. Ready for some burning NFL questions after week one, Tom? I can't wait. I've been Are you ready? So long. Yes. You've been waiting for so long. How so long, long have you been waiting? Well, you teased it about 40 minutes ago, so since then. Why are we still playing football on a baseball field? Right? It's 2018. What are they doing? We don't have grounds crews that can work around the clock to transform it back and forth. They can turn MSG between an ice rink and a basketball court like every single day of the week they're doing that in the fall and the winter, but for some reason we can't patch up some dirt for Monday Night Football. It makes no sense. In Arizona, they have the sliding turf where yes. it, it sits outside and it you water it, and the sun beats down on it, and then you slide it in for the game. Why can't we slide a football turf on? Why can't we airdrop it? We got to figure something out. How about a little sod? In fact, actually, here's what should happen. Football is king. They should make the baseball players play in a football field. It's a lot safer, I think, that way. The only thing I do like about the baseball field, football field combo is that you can see how long the throws are that a third baseman has to make. I'm always thinking, well, that's a that's a 40-yard pass. But on the other side of that, the the outfield looks so much smaller so than small. it's a football field. You'd think that people would hit bombs out of there all day long. Ready for burning question number two, Tom? Yes. Why does Matt Patricia need a pencil if he's got an iPad and a laminated play sheet? That applies to Belichick, too. I, I mean, why? And, and not even a pen? You have a pencil, so you're making mistakes. You're admitting at first that you're going to make mistakes because you have to erase them. I mean, great coaches use pen. Again, it's 2018. I don't think you need a pen. Any writing utensil. You have styluses that you can write on iPads with. It's a laminated sheet. It is pencil pen proof. That's why you pay to get things laminated. It's ridiculous. It's a look. That's all it is. Matt Patricia wants to look like the cool, big, fat, hairy doofus with the pencil behind his ear. It, it makes him look less like a big, fat, hairy doofus when he does have that pencil behind his ear. That's what I meant to say. Burning question number three. Does Gruden know what the hell he's doing? 
He trades a third-round pick for Bryant, releases Bryant, and signs him back. He trades Khalil Mack, then says the team needs more of a pass rush. Then they just sign some McDermott jabroni. Like, that's going to do anything. He looks out of touch on the sideline. He looks like he's wearing a headset from the 1990s that he had in his closet waiting for him to get back into coaching. His shirt's tucked in. He looks like a 1,000 years old. He's only 55. I, I didn't even know that they made those glasses that, like, split in the middle and become, like, solo and hang off your 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 neck. And then you, like, put them on. You have to, like, piece them together on your face. Like, those are right out of – those are what, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar used to play basketball in. He has to piece them together? You didn't see that? They, no. like, fall apart, I think, and they, like – break in the middle so they'd be like monocle lenses almost and then he like they hang from his neck and then when he needs them he like clips them together and he puts them on his face like they're broken where harry potter's glasses are broken yes and then you clip them together in the middle yes like i said they're broken in the middle and then you clip them together oh you already said that it's exactly like that okay i was just just clarifying burning question number four should you be able to get a broadcasting job just because you played football or coached football? I mean, give me a break. Gruden was good at TV. There's no doubt there. And a lot of these athletes are good. But Jason Witten was not. Bruce Arians was not. Admittedly, you've got to have time to learn. But it's like hiring a former player, I think, to be a general manager and expecting he's going to make good personnel decisions. Why do you expect that? Because he was good at fielding a baseball? Derek Jeter is... The owner now, he's involved with the ownership group for the Miami Marlins. How does fielding a baseball and being a good leader on the baseball field translate to running a billion-dollar corporation? It doesn't. Just because you know a lot about football, Jason Witten, doesn't mean that you can articulate it very well. And why does there seem to be this rule that it has to be a cowboy every other hire? A white cowboy. It's like... Okay, we can hire Bruce Arians. Okay, go back to the Cowboys. We need Jason Witten now. Okay, we had Tony Romo last year. Okay, we can hire Jay Cutler, but we got to make sure we get a Cowboy in next. It's like every other move has to be a Cowboy. And that's been that way since Troy Aikman sat next to Joe Buck. Yes. And I think that Tony Romo's really good at it. There are some things that make you want to punch him in the face. I mean, he can be very annoying with the predicting of plays. But... They shouldn't have given him that job either. He became the number one analyst on CBS just based on his NFL career. He became the guy because he slung a football around. Jason Witten's a Hall of Fame tight end. He will get in the can. He'll wear the gold jacket. He'll have a bust. That doesn't mean he can convey what's going on on the football field intelligently. And it's not to say he's not a smart guy, but it's easier said than done. I know it. Today's show's been kind of weird. I'm a little bit distracted. I got some personal things going on. But hey, I'm still here. But it's because I got real talent. They should let me have Jason Witten's job. There we go. There's the rub. I finally came back around. Burning question number five. Will Corey Coleman be an all-pro or just a pro bowler with the New England Patriots? I know it's tough. They signed him? Yeah. You should pick him up in fantasy this week. He's going to be a superstar. He's going to dust people, man. Randy Moss had forgotten that he was good at football. He goes to New England. He becomes great. That shouldn't be a surprise. But when guys like Wes Welker go from eh in Miami to whoa in New England, that means something. Uh, Julian Edelman's five foot four. He's hot. But he's five foot four in the NFL. Catches 100 balls a year. 
Danny Woodhead was a nobody oh my for the God. Jets before he went into New England. And Rex Burkhead. Yes. Corey Coleman's a little bit different than those guys. Because he's black. And? In a deep threat! The guy can run! The guy's got talent! And look, Julian Edelman's got talent. Wes Welker's got talent. But they're talented differently. This guy can be an outside-the-numbers legitimate threat. He was at Baylor. He obviously had problems in Cleveland that held him back from being it, but he's going to be good there. I was asking it a little tongue-in-cheek, all-pro or Pro Bowl, and the reason it's tongue-in-cheek is because, of course, he's going to be an all-pro. I put him in that Patriots offense. Number six, burning question. I'm serious with this one. Can Nick Foles throw an underhand football and still win with the Eagles roster? I think he can. Can he? I'll do you one better. Can he do it with his offhand while his strong hand is tied behind his back? Now, wait a second. Obviously, the answer is yes. Do they need a quarterback? Do they even need a quarterback to win these games? They have wide receivers throwing touchdown passes and throwing 10-yard passes for first downs in their past couple games. Let's play this game. Do the Eagles make the playoffs if Nate Peterman's their quarterback? 11 for 32, Nate Peterman, seven interceptions, no touchdowns at this level. I say hell yeah! That's a 10 and 16, right? Oh my god! That's 10 and 16 with Nate Peterman. And they're probably winning the division with that guy. And you know what? They're at least winning one playoff game. Oh! Because it's going to be in the link. If Foles throws underhand, he might not throw for 117 yards like he did in game one on Thursday night, but I bet you he throws for 95. And they're still going to win. And they're still going to win. Burning question number seven. Final one. If Rodgers has a limp from now until the end of the season, do the Packers still make the playoffs? I think it only improves their chances to make the playoffs, right? It's inspiring. There's a couple quarterbacks and Ben's in the category that just seem to play better when they're hurt. It's almost like, you know, you don't really know you're playing football until you get hit for that first time. It's like, now the season's real to Rodgers. He's like, okay, I almost just broke my leg in half. Now it's time to go on like a 12-game winning streak and go like 12-4. and four. Did you see the post-game conversation with him and whomever it was for Sunday Night Football? They were asking him questions, and he was so dazed because he's high out of his mind on painkillers. I love how he's like day to day now too. Like he just came played a second half of football, and then they come out and be like, "Yeah, he might not be able to play next week because he's really injured." Tom, it was a rivalry. You got to throw the records out. Well, next week's a rivalry too. Nick Sunset tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Why no Pirates coverage? Really? We just talked about this, Nick. No, we're not doing it. You got any more burning questions? I think I covered a lot of bases there. Yeah, no, I think it's great. So much burning stuff there. Coming up next, Will Graves, AP, Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Just got done with our burning NFL questions from week one, and JP tweets at underscore Adam Crowley, burning question, how do you stay on the air? Well, radio waves, they transmit conversations, pictures, data, invisibly through the air, often over millions of miles. It happens every day in thousands of different ways, even though radio waves are invisible and completely undetectable to humans, they've totally changed society. 
It's the magic of radio wave. Is that what you want to know? I can't stand when people do stuff like that. If you don't like this show, F off then. You know, you don't have to tell me you don't like this show. In fact, I invite you to eat me and then F off. And this guy, JP, it says he's a Steelers fanatic. It says it right there in his bio, and he's got his Steelers hat on in his picture. Man, find something else to identify with in a damn football team. Uh, go make a friend. It's been a rough day. Will Graves from the Associated Press joins me now. Will, I'm sorry you had to hear that. I thought it was just pure sex appeal. That's how you stayed on here. Ugh. Now you're speaking my language. Graves, Ben's elbows hurt. Is he out for the year? I think he's officially clinically dead, right? I mean, yes. first quarterback you know, ever to win a game while dead. Well, Ty, <laughs> he hasn't won a game yet this year. Tied a game. Um, I don't know. I mean, he had a black sleeve on today, walking around, make it out, impression sleeve, make it out like you will. Um, I will say this the fact that he didn't bring it up, um, despite having multiple opportunities, uh, including his half hour 11 on Tuesdays, probably speaks that it's not a big deal. That'd be my guess. Yeah, I think so too. If, if he mentioned it after the game, I'd be thinking, okay, there might be something there. Excuses are starting to work, but Mike Tomlin brought it up, not him, so probably fine. There is one thing that happened in the Mike Tomlin press conference yesterday that I want to get your thoughts on. Oh, Will. yes, please. You know where we're going with this, don't I you? I know, exactly. Yeah, you want to see what my job feels like? Exactly. I would love to know what your job feels like. <laughs> Isn't it Mike Tomlin's job description to do exactly that, to monitor his players on social media in 2018? Well, I think it is. I mean, I, like, I, I don't think there's so much going on. He's got 53 guys of those 53. How many are, I mean, you got a couple that are hyper, you know, he can't sit there. Like, I get exhausted monitoring Juju's Instagram feed and monitoring AB's Instagram feed. I can't imagine what it's like for him to have to deal with that stuff. However, however, with this one caveat, you know, I don't think it's too much to ask to say, hey, maybe our players shouldn't be threatening physical violence against uh, members of the media on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's a bridge too far for him to say that. He could have at least said that. Or at least something we handled it internally, we're aware of it, whatever. That was a little troubling. I get his frustration. I'm frustrated by it, and I'm one of the jag-offs on Twitter sometimes. So <laughs> I get it. But I, I was just frustrated by it earlier in the segment. I don't think it's too much to ask him to say, hey, A.B., you know. I mean, like Jesse Washington's story, regardless of what you want to make of it, you know, it was fair. It approached him multiple, he approached A.B. multiple times. The story that Jesse ended up telling probably isn't the story that Jesse intentionally intended no. to tell. It was the one that became available to him after A.B. sort of sidestepped. I mean, A.B. is a guy that's it's so weird. Everything is at face value, right? Everything is. I mean, there aren't any deep dives on Antonio Brown out there. Yes, he attempted to do a deep dive. He attempted to do an examination between sort of AB social media use versus how, you know, but reality, you know, how much of that jives and how much of it is BS. And it turns out, hey, he's like the rest of us. That, you know, our Instagram life isn't exactly how our life is really like. I don't know if that means. You know, we go out there and call out the mothers of our children on Instagram. Can't say I've ever done that. Uh, I would assume you'd be my ex-wife. I would be going home to instead of my 
ex-wife. So I, I don't know. I mean, I get. What's funny to me is the people that say, "You can't," you know, why are people writing about that? AB makes money off that, a lot of money. That is a persona that he voluntarily created for himself. Nobody made him go on Instagram and try to become and become an Instagram star. Nobody made him put Facebook Live up in the locker room after the Chiefs game, except Facebook, which offered him a ton of money to do so. So it's so funny now that it's like, you can't go after AB because there's social media stuff. Did we not spend four days before the 17 AFC championship game talking about AB yes. and social media? Come on, man. Well, I think that we're in the Matrix now because there was an intersect. It was ironic to me that the article was about his personality not matching his social media presence, and then at that exact moment, his personality met his social media presence. He went after the guy on Twitter. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. And then, of course, that's after this thing where he talks about, like, sort of makes a joke about keeping it in his pants. Uh, I mean, look, the guy's a Hall of Fame player. I, 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 I don't begrudge him of that. He's as talented and gets the most out of his talent of anybody in the league, which maybe that's all we should care about. Because it's just sports and it's just entertainment and all that. But, you know what? We have helped make the media in general a lot of money. And he needs to kind of, and that's the part that always sort of pisses me off about this relationship. That we have with the athletes. Ninety percent of the time, we have in some way helped them make money. Okay, we have written about them. We have written about their lives, et cetera, et cetera. And these guys think they, they end up treating us like the enemy in the end. And it's like, you know, I didn't have what five kids by three different women. I didn't threaten to punch a guy in the face. I didn't put Facebook Live up in the locker room. That wasn't me. I'm writing about what you're doing. When I was writing about what you were doing while you were just playing and, and being, you know, one of the young money family and not causing any real disturbances, it was fine. And then everybody was like, hey, this is a hell of a guy. Look at that smile. Look at those touchdowns. You know, he used to be just chest up, eyes up, prayed up. And that was it. And it was freaking refreshing. And now it's just, I mean, look, the guy, he's a great player, but he's a headache. Switching gears. Is that, is, that enough, is that enough venting for you? No, it was. It was very good. Now now I'm the one who's aroused, Will. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to switch gears a little bit. Um, your thoughts on the roughing the passer rules. You're always nuanced uh, as far as that kind of stuff's concerned. You're not usually one of the people banging the table saying it's ruining our game of football. What do you think about it? Um, I mean, I think it's one of those things. It's, you know, a point of emphasis thing. Like, they haven't taught basketball every year. You know, and it's, you know, it, like, they'll call illegal screens or they're going to call three seconds or whatever it is and then they're going to call carrying or palming the ball and then it gets to conference play and they, you know, then they forget about it. Um, I mean, I think this is going to be a work in progress. Um, I mean, it's tough. Some of the... I'm okay with the officials being erring on the side of caution now. I'm okay with that. I, I mean, I might not like the rule, but if they're going to get it wrong, I'd rather have them I'd rather have them get it wrong trying to protect the player yes. than get it wrong leaving the player vulnerable. Like that, if, if you're going to have me choose between the two, that's the one I would prefer to have. And for me, in an entertainment side of things, you can say, yeah, that takes away one of the physical elements of the game where you want to see the quarterback get smacked. I mean, that's usually the biggest pop in a game. 
when your guy knocks their guy on his ass, particularly when it's the quarterback. That being said, I'd rather never have that happen and get to watch the quarterback every single time. I'm not watching the Packers without Rodgers. That doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I'm not watching the Colts without Andrew Luck. Dear sweet Jesus, no. Why would I want to do that to myself? I think it's obvious why they're doing it. I don't understand why fans want to don't know how to draw that line between them throwing the flags, and if they don't, then maybe those quarterbacks do get hurt more frequently. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I agree, but it's always sort of what you know, what's the most morally expedient. You know, is it more morally expedient when it's happening to your guy or when it's happening to their guy? Right. I mean, if if the Steelers play Brady when they play the Patriots, and if a roughing the pass or a penalty takes Tom Brady out of the game, the Steelers fans are not going to be complaining that the that the, the penalty is too severe. Okay, I mean that's just sort of. Whereas if that happens to Ben, they're going to be like, "Oh my God, the guy should be kicked out of the league." I mean that's just sort of how it goes. I mean, it's, uh, but I will say this: I have noticed, and I noticed watching the Monday night game. I think defenders are starting to get the message. I mean, in in general, not just in terms of the, the quarterback play, but in terms of the defenseless receiver play. I mean, there were a couple of plays in that, in the, particularly in the Lions Jets game, where I saw. You saw receivers like leap up to make a grab, and the defenders, the guy that hit the ground, and defenders would basically lay off, like pull off in the moment and just touch the guy down instead of trying to lay a guy out. And I think maybe, you know, Todd Bowles, you know, really hard hitting defensive guy when he played, you know, maybe his guys have started to, it's, it's starting to work through there, which gives me a hope that it's, you know, that in general, defenders are going to learn, and maybe the game will be safer going forward, which is, I mean, I guess what we all want. I mean, I, I would think that, you know, a lot of NFL writers, and I've got a blog post that I still have not put up. I wrote in the wake of Shazir getting hurt last year. I still think it's a struggle sometimes to kind of, you know, you like, everybody grew up playing football, and we loved playing football when we were kids. We like to watch football, but then you sort of weigh that, this is the actual real-life cost of these guys, you know, in terms of their lives. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to divorce yourself of the two the more that we know about, hey, this game's pretty harmful. So I think for the fans, it's just something, either you turn the switch off and it's just entertainment and these guys are just bots out there beating the bludgeoning each other for your entertainment. Or for some players, you know, for a lot of us, they're human beings and it's tough to, you know. So hopefully they can. I'd like to see the game survive in some fashion. You know, I don't hate Oh, football. no doubt. I, 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 don't hate, I don't hate football, but... I sit there and I see guys get when guys get crunched. You're like, what are we doing? I I every Saturday and Sunday now will instead of going yeah every time I see a dude get hit I I go oh more than I ever have before and I'm noticing it now more than ever. I do want to get to this real quick before I got to run. Uh, it's a billion dollar industry, the NFL. I mean, all these guys, all these owners, they're rolling in buku bucks. Why do we always hire the guy who stands next to Bill Belichick to coach our team? Is there not a better process for trying to weed out good coaches and, and, and weed out well, bad coaches? This guy stood next to Belichick. He's going to be great. Give me a break. Well, I mean, we'll see, right? I mean, well, you know, it happens in every sport. Look how, I mean, why did Jeff Capel get that job? That's it. I mean, he, st- he might be good, and I hope he's good. I mean, I, <laughs> but true. he stood next to K for five years, and people are like, oh, you know, he looked pretty good sitting next to K for five years. He looked pretty good going to the Super Bowl every year. I mean, it's just sort of the byproduct. And I don't know if Patricia's going to be trashed or not. But, you know, I'm not going to judge it off one game that included what? His 
you know, five picks, a pick six, a punt return for a touchdown. I mean, the game was not as, you know, it was like they lost it in the span of about five minutes in the third quarter. Um, however, I will say this, and like, it's, you know, in that, in that instance, you fire a guy who was pretty good. Like, Caldwell wasn't great, but he was pretty good. And I think you kind of take a, you know, you take a risk when you replace. It's one thing if they had gone two and 14, it doesn't matter. But I mean, this team was marred, was, pretty competitive last year, and he just hired a guy to may have him take the next step when he's got no head coaching experience. That, to me, it's more of the circumstances maybe than what you hire this guy rather than, well, he's a Belichick guy. I mean, I think it's more, that's the part that's kind of weird to me. So, Graves, I appreciate the time, man. Always good talking to you, and let's do it again. Tell me how your jaw feels tomorrow. Only See you, bye. You tell me first. Will Graves, Associated Press. You all right there, Tom? Yeah, jeez. Coming up next, <laughs> that's all you had to offer. I mean, he's asking how your really, jaw feels. I mean, wow, uh, Graves. I, uh, it's shocking. Not a sexual thing. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, oh, okay. It might have been a sexual thing. I mean, what else could it be talking about? Coming up next, some breaking news on Gregory Polanco of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And it's funny and upsetting at the same time. And we've got Bernard Clark, the head coach of Robert Morris University Football. That's next. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, he went okay, to the bottom. I give up, man. If you're not going to be honest about it, I give. John, Thanks my nipple looks on. like my Bye-bye. nipple looks like my cat, like a, like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Hurricane Florence affecting a whole bunch of college football games this weekend. I know my beloved West Virginia Mountaineer is not going to be able to play in NC State. Hey, it might have saved them a loss. But coming off of their first win of the season, Robert Morris, I'm sure, happy that they still get to have their game being played tomorrow night. It was moved from this weekend. Uh, Bernard Clark, their head coach, joins us now. What went into making that decision, Coach? Uh, Hurricane Florence, really, more than anything else. Coach used <laughs> yeah. to call me. He called me yesterday. <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a dumb question, the way I, the way I threw that. Well, what happened? Oh, it's the hurricane bearing down on the state. Yeah, that'll do it. How does a decision uh, like that get made, I guess, is the better question. It's, it's more of a situation where Coach Houston called me yesterday, and I guess the powers that be at his school got together because of they heard what was going on, so they started talking and wondering if we can move it to Thursday night and still have it on the radio and still do all those things. And, you know, it's their opening game. It's their opening weekend, you know, and not only that, they get the conference play next week, and it was either tomorrow or Sunday or Monday, and we weren't doing it Sunday or Monday because we got conference play coming up next sure. week. So kind of like broke it down, and Thursday was the best day to do it. How hard is it to prepare for a game that's popped on you for a Thursday whenever you think you're going to have to play it on Saturday? Well, the tough thing about it is, you know, we, we practice our guys on Sundays, and then they're off on Mondays. So we really only had a couple of days of practice, one day of full pads. That's, that was the toughest thing, and the coaches getting the game plan together, especially when you're about to face the number two team in the nation. It isn't, it isn't easy to just kind of get prepared to two teams you're trying to face a team with JMU's caliber. Is there a way that you can use that to your advantage? Maybe, I mean, they know that they're playing a good football team in JMU, but maybe less time to think about it than that way. Exactly. Uh, I'm hoping that's how they look at it more than anything else, and the fact that they're looking at the challenge. Uh, and, again, when I was in college, 
we did it all the time. You know, Thursday night games wasn't a big deal when you played on Saturday, but it's just one of those things where I think our guys are excited. You know, they're up for the challenge more than anything else. But again, got to feed into it and understand that uh, this is a big challenge for us with uh, playing the number two team in the nation. Coming off a win, what's the vibe from the guys? What'd you guys do well? The thing we did well was we played to the end. We finished the game. You know, we always talk about starting fast, playing physical, and finishing every game. And that's what our guys did. We had six turnovers. We missed 34 tackles. We made a ton of mistakes, uh, penalties when we didn't need them. But what they did was they played to the end. They bust their behinds, and they finished the game. That was the most important thing. And that's what we stressed to them every week. Guys, just keep finishing the game. Good things are going to happen. Just keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. When you were at school, were there any games that were moved? I mean, being down there in Florida? No, weren't many moves, to be totally honest with you. Uh, most of our games were scheduled. When I was in Miami, I tell everybody, the only thing that bothered me about Pittsburgh is the weather. When I was in Miami, the coldest it ever got, January 1st, 1988, it was 55 degrees. So, no, we didn't move too much stuff because everything was kind of stable down there. Nah, not that you knew the exact date. Uh, really appreciate the time, <laughs> Coach. Uh, I know you've got uh, a quick turnaround here, so we don't want to take up too much of your time. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Bernard Clark. I like that guy a lot. What a good dude. Yeah, he's a laugher. Yeah, he's a funny guy. <laughs> what a dumb question. You got you to gotta pull that, Tom. What a stupid question. Why'd they move the game? Well, it was Hurricane Florence bearing down. There are pictures from satellites looking at Earth that you can clearly see this huge mass of rotating awfulness off the coast there in the Atlantic, and I ask him what caused you guys to move the game. What the hell gives? I mean, why aren't you playing football? It's just a little rain. I feel that way for West Virginia. Go out there and play. All the snowflakes want the game to be canceled. The men would play out there in the hurricane. Pouring down rain. I remember Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year, 2004. We all know what happened. Steelers go 15-1, lose the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. But they played Miami that year. It was scheduled for... Sunday afternoon, and they played it either Sunday night or Monday night, and it was pouring down rain. I was 14 years old. I thought the cheerleaders looked good in the rain. Ben Roethlisberger slugging it out in the mud. It was hell of a spectacle. But Ben's a man. Steelers are men. They play in it. Seriously, though, I can't believe anybody would put a football game before people's lives. There are so many first responders that are going to need to be out and about helping people that are dealing with this cataclysmic event. And I know my friends, uh, a few of them are saying, play the game, find a way, move it earlier, move it later, find a way to play it. Man, it's not about whether the weather is going to be okay for that game. It's about whether or not you can have enough service members there and, and first responders there that can handle the usual challenge of preparing for an event to that of that magnitude. And you can't because they need to be off doing bigger, more important things, like saving people's lives and pulling cats out of trees. 412-922-2874. Football over everything in this country, right? I mean, that's the way it goes. Football first. I'm happy it's not in this regard. Sports can be a huge uplifting moment, though, in the aftermath of these things. Oh, Tom, well, you don't like that. You don't like that narrative. Oh, no, I was just cracking my neck. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little sore. I see. I think we all remember the New Orleans Saints blocking the punt after Katrina. First time that they played Monday Night Football against the Falcons in the Dome. 
Sports are important. Not as important as human lives. Go out there and protect them. Again, 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. I said earlier in the show, nobody panic about the Steelers just yet. But Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers need to stop the bleeding before it spirals. Before it gets out of hand. Before the Steelers' season is lost, before it ever gets started. I know that they're only 0-0-1. They haven't even lost yet. They're one of the few undefeated teams in the National Football League. One of the true elites. Because they haven't lost a game yet. I understand that they came out slow, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad all year long. But to start the season last year, they were slow out of the gate offensively. They scored 21 points per game in the first eight games of the season. I said leading up to the season, I was afraid that they would do something similar, that they would get out of the box slow. They did in game one. If that happens again, if for the first eight games of the season, let's say, the Steelers' offense isn't up to the standards that Mike Tomlin and Randy Feekner have set, I don't think that they go 6-2 and two again. The schedule's too tough. Now, you never know. Week to week, things happen, but I had that Tampa Bay game chalked up as a win. Ryan Fitzpatrick went out and looked like Aaron Flippin' Rodgers. It's the best quarterback the Bucs have ever had, slinging the ball around. That scares me if I'm a Steelers fan. If Ben Roethlisberger can't put up points in that game, it scares you. If Ben Roethlisberger can't put up points against Kansas City, that scares you. You hear all the time, Joe Flacco, great offseason, he's playing well, he's back, he's elite. You don't play well enough offensively now with the weapons that they have there on that side of the ball. Could be in trouble. Cincinnati's got a good defense, but their skill position guys are good. We know all about A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. Now they had John Ross, who's one of the fastest players in the league, maybe the fastest player in the league. Joe Mixon is going to be their Le'Veon Bell this year. They're going to give him the rock a ton and let the offense flow through him. That's not easy. If Ben Roethlisberger throws a bunch of picks, if the Steelers' offense scores 21 points a game, if they start out the season the way they did last year through eight games, putting up offensive production like that, they're 4-4. Four and four. They're 3-5. and five. Maybe they're 5-3. and three, But they're struggling with this schedule. So Ben's got to figure it out. The offense has to figure it out. Right the ship. Or the defense is going to have to carry a load. And I'm not necessarily convinced they can do that just yet. So much can change over the course of a season. So much can change from one game to the next, in fact. I am not going to make overgeneralizations based on one game. But I am worried that the start this year, if it resembles the start from last year, they don't come out as healthy on the other side. They were 6-2 and two after eight games. They put up 21 points a game this year through that span. I don't think that they will have that same record. Coming up next, Tim Benz. Breakfast with Benz. He'll weigh in on all the topics of the day, including me getting on a new diet. It's called the Adams Diet. Right, whatever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want it. It's a Crowley Show.